Lit words affect, effect, and infect our lives. They have the power to create a threefold movement of change that we've determined or termed a triple effect transformation. The word of God is living and it's active. In this podcast, we share lit words from the Bible that have the power to activate and change your life. They're short, inspirational verses and lessons with applications that, if applied, have the power to energize your life and bring transformation to you and the community that surrounds you. Let's jump into today's Lit Word. Today, I want to share the story of a man named Dennis Colburn. Dennis Colburn was a friend of mine, and this story may take a few minutes, so just sit back and uh, learn a little bit about Dennis. Dennis was a very interesting man. My family owns a couple of grocery stores. Well, recently one was sold, but um, I grew up in the grocery business, and I managed one of these markets for my dad for a number of years. And in managing this business, there was always opportunity to connect with people and to get to know people. And Dennis was not a man of means. Dennis lived a good portion of his life homeless. Dennis struggled. Dennis, his best friend was a dog. And Dennis took great care of that dog, even better care of the dog than he probably did of himself. And Dennis one day, I'd, I'd noticed him around. I saw him walking into the uh, beer aisle or the liquor aisle of the grocery store. And as he's walking down, he opens the glass door and he reaches up and he grabs a Miller big 32-ounce beer. And on the label, it said High Life. So he grabbed this Miller High Life and he, you know, didn't look like a, a happy person. Honestly, Dennis looked sad. Dennis looked like he was constantly depressed, constantly struggling. He wore those struggles right there on his face. They were very visible. And so he grabs this Miller High Life, he pulls it down, and he turns to go to the checkout. And as I see this, I just kind of in, in a snarky sort of a way just said, really, Dennis? Like, is that really the High Life? And what Dennis said to me that day rocked my world. He, he turned to me and he looked at me and he almost had this like fire in his eyes. And he said, Neil, do not try to enter the strong man's house without first binding the strong man. <laughs> I, I was blown away because I knew what that meant at that moment simply because I'd been a student of scripture for a long time. He was referencing a passage, and this passage had to do with prayer. It had to do with taking the time to tie up the devils that are trying to defeat somebody. And so when he heard my juke about the high life, he said, hey, wait a second, young man. He kind of put me in my place, and he said, don't come at me if you're not going to do the work of prayer for me. And it blew my mind, honestly. I was pretty blown away was only a matter of days I saw Dennis again and I struck up further conversation with him. I asked him what he meant and he said, Neil, man, I've been bound for a long time with all kinds of struggles, demonic issues, people, you know, coming at me, depression, homosexuality, all kinds of issues have been plaguing this man. And he was 
he was clearly in a wrestling match for his life. And he said, I need you, if you want to help me, to pray for me. In fact, why don't you come up to my trailer? And he, he had this little tow-behind trailer that was parked in the back of somebody's property. And he said, come up there and do some work of prayer for me. And so I did. It was one of my first ventures, I would say, into the realm of trying to help somebody break free from addiction to this degree. And so I go and I begin to help him. I, start, I pray for him. I didn't really know exactly what to do or how to pray, but I just knew that I wanted to, to make an attempt to see this man get better. And so I, I just prayed in his, in his house. And honestly, when I did, something sparked in Dennis, and Dennis began to pray as well. And what I realized about Dennis is that he was a student of Scripture, that he had learned and he'd been taught, yet somehow or another, he had fallen into a place of depravity, of depression, and of sickness. And so as I was listening to Dennis, it was, it was honestly um, something that kind of sparked in me this uh, almost like a, a, a wow of how is it that somebody could know what this man knows and then fall as this man has fallen. And it, it was just a depiction of the wrestling match of darkness and struggle and how even though we know certain things, it doesn't mean that we are actually doing them or living them. And sometimes we can turn from the very things we know and just dive down spirals that um, lead us to places that we never wanted to be. And Dennis had done that. But what's interesting is Dennis actually became a friend, a true friend, somebody that I would talk with on a regular basis. Many people would look at my relationship with Dennis and say, well, that's so weird because you're, you function on a different level. You have this beautiful family, which I do. You have, you know, a business or businesses, which I do. And there, there are things that I've been blessed with, but what I knew for certain is that Dennis was a friend of mine, and I did not care whatsoever that he was pretty much a homeless man who struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction and all kinds of other things. He was somebody that I felt connected to and somebody that I felt that he was not just somebody I was trying to help any longer. He was somebody who was an actual friend of mine. So years went by, and there were a couple of different things that happened in Dennis's life. One time, I was standing in the loading dock, which is where the semi-trucks pull in, and they offload their product into the back room of the, of the grocery store. And Dennis came walking with his dog, came you know, straight up to me. He had no regard for what was going on around. He was just, he needed to tell me what he was about to tell me. And he said this specific passage, which is why I'm stating this to you today. This is a lit verse that Dennis Colburn taught me. In fact, in my Bible, I wrote Dennis's name right next to this verse. He's, the verse was the Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It says, nevertheless, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from iniquity, or that's intentional sin. That's what that word means. And when he said those words to me, it was kind of funny, because even though I, I feel like I can comprehend or grasp scripture, it's only because the Spirit allows me to. I want to make that very clear. It's only because I've been given an ability to hear through the Spirit of God. It's not my own mind that's somehow figuring all of this stuff out. It's the Spirit. But when Dennis spoke those words to me, to be perfectly honest, 
I, I kind of didn't get it. I was looking at him kind of like a, like a puppy who's confused, kind of head turned like, Dennis, that's not that cool of scripture. That's not that great of a verse. That's what I was thinking. And yet he repeated the verse. And when he repeated the verse, I remember distinctly like looking at his like arm and his hair was standing straight up. And then I glanced down toward his feet and the hair on his legs was standing straight out. It was like he was energized. He was completely lit up. Just like like a dog who's about to get into a fight. He was just like the hair on the back of his neck even was standing up. And I thought, man, if this, if this means so much to him right now, I better pay attention. And so I listened again and listened again. And he repeated this verse. And to be honest, it still never really caught me. It wasn't until after Dennis had passed away, he was, he was dead and gone, that this scripture came alive to me. And I'll break that down in a minute, but first I've got to kind of digress a little bit and tell another Dennis Colburn story. So Dennis had passed away. He ended up with cancer, and I, I spent some time with him on his deathbed. Um, I do believe with all of my heart that man is, is, is flying high in heaven, and he's enjoying his space, and he's, he's no longer in hurt and pain and all of those things. So Dennis goes to heaven, and one night... I'm leading a teaching, and there's probably 30, 40 people in the room, and I'm standing up, and I'm, I'm sharing various passages with the people that were there, and my phone rings. What's funny is pretty much, if I'm going to give some kind of a presentation, I'll normally shut my phone off. It's kind of common sense these days. Well, I didn't, and it rang, and it was really weird because this ring. And as I look, I see the name Dennis Colburn is calling me. <laughs> you can imagine my surprise. I was, I had not long before been with him at his passing. So for Dennis to be calling me, I was absolutely blown away. And so I paused and I looked around the room and I said, Hey, everybody, I need to take this call. The guy that's calling me, he had passed away months ago. And so this is kind of crazy. Maybe I'm getting a 1-800-COLLECT call from heaven. So I answer the phone, and it was not Dennis, but somebody else that was in a very similar position to Dennis. He was a man who was pretty much homeless and struggling with addiction, had somehow gotten Dennis's number and somehow thought it was a good idea to call me. And he was asking me for help. And it was pretty incredible because at that very moment, I probably would not have answered my phone unless Dennis Colburn was calling. See, heaven has a weird way of breaking in on us, has a weird way of getting our attention. And that verse that day, 2 Timothy 2.19, it absolutely got my friend Dennis's attention. And so as, as I, months after his passing, was reading through 2 Timothy, I read this verse and I contemplated on it, and then all of a sudden it became alive to me. What I believe is being said in this passage, and I'll read it one more time, and it kind of takes a little bit of digging to even get to this place of understanding it, but it says, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness, or abstain from iniquity, or abstain from willing sin. And so, the foundation of God stands, the foundation 
It's set. It's laid. It's poured. We don't have to do anything. And here's the seal in which that foundation stands upon. It's the seal. It's the mark. It's the very thing that helps you know whether or not you're standing on that foundation or not. Those that are his, those that are the Lord's, they are those who intentionally do their best to turn away from willingly missing the mark or willingly sinning. That's a big deal. (laughs) It's a really big deal. I don't know about you, but like Dennis, myself, and most people that I know, we all struggle with the curiosity of, am I really doing my best? Am I really, gosh, there are times in my life I wrestled with this thought early in my Christianity, am I even really saved? I knew that God had changed my life back in October 9th of 1999. My life was changed. But then why would I keep going back to all this horrible like stupidity, like stumbling in all kinds of issues of life from from drugs and lust and sex and all kinds of things. There were issues that just kept coming back up, and I didn't think that they were really honoring God. I felt like they were more earthly than heavenly, but I kept going back. And there was a thing that was happening inside of me. See, there was a difference before I was awakened by the Lord. I didn't really, in, I didn't, well, I will say, I, I didn't feel as bad when I missed the mark. But once I was awakened, then I felt bad every time I missed the mark. Every time I failed, struggled, stumbled, sinned, I felt bad. And that's what Dennis was trying to get through to me. He was trying to say, Neil, this is how you know that you are saved. Because you don't want to turn and go do all the stupidity of your past. You don't enjoy that stuff anymore. Now what you enjoy And what you really want is something out of this world. It's something heavenly. So every single time you mess up or every single time you struggle, you feel the weight of your sin and the guilt and the, and the, all of the, the feelings of sorrow. And he said, and that is how you know that you actually are his. That's how you know that you're chosen. It's because you don't want to live that life anymore. And even though sometimes you struggle and you, fall, and you drop into it, it doesn't matter because that's not your ultimate desire. And that means that God's planted his spirit inside of me. And because he's planted his spirit inside of me, I know heaven awaits us. No matter the darkness, no matter the depression, no matter the sickness, no matter the disease, no matter the struggle, no matter the addiction, no matter what, if I genuinely have a desire to seek and to follow after him, and I've invited, and I've accepted, and I'm, and I'm listening, and I'm tuning my ear, and I'm asking God to guide this life, then I am saved. And Dennis taught me that lesson. And 2 Timothy 2.19 will forever be a lit verse, because what I learned from that homeless man who struggled with homosexuality, struggled with all kinds of issues, Yet he is somebody who taught me great, great lessons. The Spirit used him in mighty ways to change my life, and hopefully his story has impacted yours as well. So if you were encouraged by today's lit word, share it 
with others. When you find something good, give the gift away and help your friends experience the transformation that you are. Share this podcast on social media and tag us in the post. Help us get the word out for more tools and resources and to experience that next level transformation. Go to neilandamy.com, pick up a traction planner today. This was a tool that was designed to fast track your progress and bring you to the next level divine destinations the spirit has planned for you.